what's going on everybody welcome to the first episode of Mises talk sports it's your host here big Mies, joined by my co-host joanna joanna say what's up to the people hey no dion waiters slander will be tolerated he could have been a goat but y'all were bugging anyways yes i definitely agree with that and we're not gonna mess around we're gonna get straight to our topic which is a list of the all-time greatest nba players this isn't a list of my favorite players this is simply gonna be a list of who i think is the best overall nba player of all time i'm looking at rings i'm looking at awards i'm looking at stats i'm looking at your legacy so uh i'm gonna dive deep on all these guys here on my top five lists we're gonna look at the positives of the players why they're there on that list we're gonna look at the negatives why they weren't higher and then we're gonna compare them to the person before on that list and why they beat them out for that spot so i appreciate you guys coming this far to even listen i hope you guys enjoy it towards the end of the episode and you stick around for a couple more weeks with me here on the way out please hit that sub button to stay up to date and while you're there, you might as well leave a rate and review. It will take you three seconds. It'll help me out tremendously. But other than that, this is my all-time NBA players list. I hope you guys enjoy it. Number five. Kevin Durant. Career stats. 27 points per game. 7 rebounds. 4 assists. 4-time four scoring champ. 2-time NBA champion. Two-time Finals MVP, 2013 to 2014 NBA MVP. So yes, Kevin Durant checks in at number five to start our list out. The Slim Reaper himself. So let's hop right into it. To me, he's the most unguardable player in the NBA of all time. There's one player on this list that kind of rivals that, but uh. I think because of his height and his skill set of a guard makes him completely unstoppable. He can score whenever he's on. If the guy's going to pull up, there's really nobody that can contest his shot. So we know that. Let's get that out of the way. He's one of the most pure scorers of all time. To me, he cemented himself as a top five player when he faced LeBron in the finals in 2017 and 2018. LeBron got his stats off. I get it. And it might have been easier for Kevin Durant to be more productive because of the team he was on and trust me we'll get to that but if anybody watched those two series with unbiased eyes as i try to with me being a cleveland native i honestly think that kevin durant outplayed lebron in those finals and i know you're gonna look at the stats and be like oh my god like lebron led his team and um actually that's 2016 but you get it lebron is usually leading in every stat for his team uh but KD, I think he outplayed him on both sides of the ball. KD hit the clutch shots at the end. KD deed up LeBron and whoever he was guarding at the time. 2017, he uh, averaged 35 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. 2018, he averaged 28 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 blocks. And those are both in the final series, by the way. He's always been compared to LeBron in his whole career because, you know, he's just in that era. I don't think he's a better player than LeBron, obviously. We're going to see LeBron later on his list. But Kevin Durant, like I said, really cemented himself during those two final series uh, with his defense. He showed me a lot. I always thought of him as a pure scorer, but now I've seen him, like, locking down at all. He, he doesn't have a hole in his game. So we know Kevin Durant is a all-time great player. You might not have him in his top five because of the reason he went to Golden State only 38 days after being eliminated by them. And let me just say I was not a fan of it. I was a big Kevin Durant fan. I hopped off his bandwagon as soon as he made that move. But after having some hindsight on it and looking at it, 
we really can't tarnish his legacy because he moved to that team if we're not going to tarnish LeBron's legacy to go into Miami. And I know it's a little different because Golden State had the best record of all time the year before, lost to the Cavs in the, the finals, and then went and got Durant. And in LeBron's move, he had, you know, joined, he didn't join that team in Miami. They kind of formed it with him, Wade, and Bosch, with only Wade just being there. But he still went to a super team. Even if he just formed it, it was still a super team. He went and got his rings with them. And I, I think at the time we kind of looked at it as a cop out. But uh, we're not really tarnishing his legacy anymore when it comes to it. I feel like it's not brought up as much. Time kind of healed that with him coming back to Cleveland and winning one there. So I get that. But I'm not going to look back on that and take away KD's rings because he joined that team. Only because he was the best player on that team still. If he went over there and, you know, Steph Curry led in points and assists and rebounds and all that, I would honestly be like, okay, so he just went and rode his coattail. But uh, I think he make, made practically the same move LeBron made in Miami. He went to a better team with two star players, if you want to count Draymond and maybe three. But to me, the only two star players there are Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. LeBron went to Miami, joined two star players. No, I don't care what the record was the year before. I don't care about, you know, any of that. Um, they were down 3-1, blah, blah, blah. He went to a better team, joined a super team, won his rings, and somehow we treat Kevin Durant's decision different from LeBron's. So I know LeBron got flack when he did. I'm saying it didn't take away from his legacy at the end of it. And that's what I want to do with Kevin Durant now. So with injuries and all that, I know that's another negative Durant. He's been mounting those up over the years. Uh, I know he's not a leader, really. He needs to brush his hair. And he has burner accounts. So... That's probably why he doesn't creep up any further for me. To be completely honest with you, I think that we need to appreciate Durant for, I don't know how many years he has left, but he is getting a little older. He, Like I said, he's a little banged up. Don't take too much away from his legacy because he went and joined the super team like half of your favorite NBA players have done. So with that said, he checks in at number five. Who did he beat out? So who is on the outside looking in in this list? First name I got down on this list is Magic Johnson. Uh, first of all, as Donald Sterling said, he's got age. And to me, Magic, um, he only had 12 seasons in the NBA because of the HIV. Obviously, those are that's pretty rough. You know, it's definitely a reason not to play any longer, especially at that time where it's kind of like an unknown. But uh, when we're looking at all-time greats here, I do have to hold that against him. He uh, averaged below 19 a game. I know he was a point god, but I love my scores. I'm always going to value that more than any stat. He has MVPs. He has the rings. I get it. But uh, I'm also going to kind of deduct a little points for the air he played in. And that might come back to haunt me later in this list. But uh, it is a factor once we're nitpicking between uh, you know all-time greats here. I'm going to factor in that era, but not as much. You know, It's going to maybe determine you know a spot, but... Um, Trust me, I'm not a guy that's, that's going to say Jordan is uh, not that good because he played against uh, slave owners. So next one I have up is a combination of Wilt Chamberlain, and this is going to segue perfect, Wilt Chamberlain and, and Bill Russell. This is a little bit different because their era was legit slave owners they're playing against and fucking school teachers in the damn wintertime or summertime. If you don't have film out there of you playing basketball, I can't really judge you, bro. Like, I'm not going off old grandpa stories of how you jumped over Tim the Barber. That's not cutting it for me. Uh, you scored 100 points, but someone named me the team he scored 100 points against. And if you could do that, 
Name me who he scored those 100 points against. And I'll give you my whole stimulus check. Because there's no way you know the details of that damn game besides he scored 100 points. There's no film of it. Uh, I think I've only seen one film of Bill Russell and he was jumped over a guy, which I, I kind of referenced earlier. And in Wilt's case, I know he had the HIV cooking up in him too. He's got eight. But he only averaged 13 points in his last season. And I know Wilt averaged 55 points a game in a season one year you can't tell me he was playing against elite talent to be considered as an all-time great at least not a top five all-time great jesus christ he put buckets on tim the barber ed the school teacher and fucking earl the grass cutter so come on bro like i'm just not factoring those guys in i'm giving them their props but they're not even squeaking into my top five the last name i got written down is tim duncan td himself I honestly think Tim Duncan is probably the most disrespected NBA player of all time, only because his productivity was so high for so many years. He averaged he averaged a double-double for the first 13 years in the NBA. I just think he felt victim of playing in both the Kobe and LeBron eras, so it's, it's kind of unfair that we always bring up Kobe's five rings, but we don't bring up Tim Duncan's five rings. But like I said, uh, those two legacies, he had the battle. Kobe in the beginning of his career, and then he, had, he went out battling LeBron in Miami. Uh, on top of that, he only averaged under 19 points in his career. I know, like I said, the end of his career, he was probably just more of a body for San Antonio, so that definitely brought his average down. And on top of that, he just doesn't have too much of a legacy. Like, his signature shot is a damn bank shot off the glass. That's not turning heads. Uh, I definitely give Tim Duncan his props. I hate it to do because I'm a Lakers fan. He used to tear us up in the playoffs. But Tim Duncan is on the outside looking in here. Maybe I could kind of see argument of putting him over Durant because of the rings and all that. But um, I'm sorry, Tim Duncan, you are left out. But it's time to move on to number four on our list. So let's go ahead and slide over that. Number four. Kobe Bryant. 25 points per game. 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2-time scoring champ, 5-time NBA champion, 2-time finals MVP, 2007-2008 NBA MVP, Mamba Forever. Yes sir, so Kobe Bryant checks in at number 4 on the greatest of all time list. Let me get this out of the way, RIP Kobe, RIP GG, RIP everyone I was on that helicopter on a tragic day in January. Uh, prayers to all the families affected by it. Vanessa Bryant, uh, the, the rest of the children. It's, it was really a tragic event, especially for me because Kobe Bryant was my favorite player of all time. Um, don't want to dwell on that too much. So uh, Kobe, why was Kobe my favorite? Kobe was my favorite because one, I was a Lakers fan. And two, because the way he carried himself and the way he played the game, he was always all in on everything. Um, every game, regular season, playoffs, finals, anything, we've seen the same Kobe Bryant. Same way off the court, uh, he was a guy that really just established himself by his work. He, he, he wasn't going to be outworked. Uh, we all hear the crazy stories of him working out, uh, the videos from practice where he's cussing out his teammates, challenging them to be better. And um, yeah, this, this literally, I latched onto that when I was younger. And, you know, me being a Lakers fan, that definitely helped. But. Kobe is my goat in terms of uh, personally. Uh, I'll always look up to Kobe, always be one of my heroes. So RP to Kobe Bryant. With that said, sometimes your favorite players aren't the best players, and that's perfectly fine. 
sometimes your favorite rappers aren't the best rappers like you still love your dad but your dad could be a trash dad like he could have left you for like all these years and came back and you still love him and that's fine he's just not the best dad in the world so I think we really need to establish that because a lot of people do argue for their favorite players and don't realize that they're not better than the other player. So um, I know a lot of people can be homers at times. We go to LA, Kobe Bryant's gonna be debated as one of the greatest. Uh, you come to Cleveland, you're gonna get LeBron James a lot. And uh, you get where I'm going with that, man. Just look back, look back at the stats, really look at their legacies. And uh, don't be too biased with it. It's kind of natural to be biased. Clearly, I'm not here because he's only at number four for me. So Kobe Bryant's my favorite player of all time, but he only checks in at number four. So let's get the positives out of the way. Why did he make it at number four? <laughs> let's start with the obvious. The dude went on scoring binges that will probably be unmatched. We, we really haven't seen these scoring binges since like Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain type shit. The 50-point game streak in 2007, which is crazy. It's Let me go down the, uh, the list of games and what he scored. So he scored 65 against the Blazers, 50 against the Timberwolves, 60 against the Grizzlies, 50 against the Hornets, and then the streak was broken when he played the Warriors and only had 43. So that was just a streak of games in uh, 2007 that Kobe had, where he just torched everybody. Um, he also had a nine straight 40-point game streak in 2002 and 2003. So if we're not counting Wilt, you, know, you can really only really compare his scoring binges to uh, Michael Jordan there. What about James Harden? Okay, so I knew someone was going to say that, and it had to be Joanna. James Harden was... I'm not going to take away from him. He's a great scorer. Um, I'm only saying this because I'm a James Harden critic as well, but he ain't doing shit on the defensive end, and anybody that plays for Mike D'Antoni doesn't get no credit from me. Uh, Steve Nash played for Mike D'Antoni, won those MVPs as well, kind of like the same thing James Harden is doing, but come on, bro, like, he ain't holding a candle to Kobe on pure basketball talent. All right, maybe I'm going too far, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying, defensively, no way like he just doesn't play defense and I know that's like the old head thing to say but I get it he's great on offense but do not compare him to Kobe anyone that compares him to Kobe does not know what they're talking about while I was going on that rant it reminded me of Kobe being robbed of those MVP awards from Steve Nash because he played in a Mike D'Antoni offense which did not trust defense and they all could only worry about one side of the ball so let's get into some stats from that year. He was robbed. As we know, Kobe has the one MVP award. That's kind of like a drawback he does get that he only won one for how great he supposedly was. And the only one I could really truly argue for was the 05-06 season. If we uh, look at the numbers here, Kobe led the league in scoring that year with 35.4 points per game. Also averaged 5.3 rebounds and four damn near five assists also to go along with that two steals. Um, he was on a team where the, the next best player was Lamar Odom, who averaged 14.8 points per game. With that, they didn't have the best record. I know MVP usually goes to a player that was usually on the best team. It, it kind of sucks that it's like that. It happens almost damn near every year. Besides, I, the only one I could think that really beat out that theory was Russell Westbrook. And it, it took him to average a damn triple-double to do it. So when you look at Steve Nash's stats, uh, who was a great player, Steve Nash was also one of my favorite to watch as well. 
So he was actually just fourth on his team scoring, uh, 18.8. Obviously, he was a point guard. He put up 10.5 assists per game, and he led them to the second best record in the Western Conference. So, I mean, to me, Kobe, he passed the eye test. Uh, I think his stats, obviously, Nash had the assist. But in terms of overall basketball impact, I think Kobe should have beat him out at least that year. The year before, I don't really want to argue too much. But uh, Kobe should at least have two MVPs, which isn't, you know, as much as LeBron and Jordan. But uh, there's a reason why he's at four for me, man. And uh, that that is a reason why. But I do think he did get robbed by a couple of those MVPs. All right. So some drawbacks of Kobe. Uh, now that we hit on some of the positives there. To me, one, if you really watched uh, Lakers games like I did once they were on, Kobe could really come off as a ball hog. And I, I think he was notoriously known as one as well. He jacked up a lot of shots. Even when he was off, he really tried to find his rhythm every single night, whether he had it or not. He would not stop shooting the ball. Trust me, it used to piss me the hell off. I like watching basketball as a uh, team sport. I love ball movement. I love, you know, swinging the ball around, kind of like how the Warriors play. Uh, but to me, if he didn't have it going, he, he just would not stop jacking them. And that's a drawback for me, man, because that, that brings your whole game down. It brings your whole team down. We've all played on teams where we, you have a ball hog that keeps shooting, and uh, it kind of brings your morale down, man. You don't even want to play on the opposite end of the court because, uh, you know, you're not going to get your shot anywhere else. So, I mean, obviously it's different in the pros, but it, there had to be some type of effect with that. Uh, we've seen, like, sometimes the Lakers kind of get star players, attract them to, to L.A., because of that, because he was notoriously known as, you know, he's going to try to get his before you get yours. And uh, the reason why people want to play with LeBron, but they don't want to play with Kobe, uh, LeBron's notoriously known as being pass, pass first. So uh, that's a drawback for me. He could be known as a ball hog. Also, in his younger years, he wasn't the best player on his team when during the whole Shaq three-peat years. And it wasn't really his fault. He was a younger player at that time which is completely understandable. But uh, the other guys on this list, when they, they won their rings, it was because they were the best players on that team. And um, it goes for Kevin Durant. It's going to go for the players later. That's a drawback for me. And it's it's not his fault exactly, like I said, because he was younger. And also because Shaq was just so damn dominant during that time. But for uh, three of his five rings, he arguably wasn't the best player. On the flip side, I do respect that he won with two supporting casts. Uh, maybe he was part of Shaq's supporting cast, but you know, some nights it was a uh, Kobe's game, and um, I do factor that in a lot. Uh, we see, you know Jordan pretty much had the same supporting cast uh, when it comes to Scottie Pippen, but uh, they did switch it out a little bit. Uh, guys got older, so they brought in other guys, but um, it was virtually him and Scottie for those finals runs. LeBron had two supporting casts, so like I said, you'll see him later on the list. Kevin Durant only had one supporting cast so far. Having multiple supporting casts really shows like your greatness, shows your leadership. So I do respect Kobe for doing it with two supporting casts for five rings. So why is he better than Kevin Durant? This one's pretty easy. It's because he is. Um, I know Kevin Durant could be the better scorer in terms of efficiency, but to me, Kobe was just more of a leader. Uh, the Mamba mentality signature off the court really does mean a lot to me. Um, I know that it does translate to the court, but it's something you really shouldn't argue. But to me, your legacy is definitely more important. Uh, attached to that is the fact that he stayed in L.A. for all of his years. I know there was rumors about him going to like the Clippers or maybe the Knicks. 
And I know it was also a different time when players were more unlikely to move on. It's not that big of a factor to me, but when we're nitpicking at this point, I, I got to factor that in for sure, why he makes it over KD. I also feel like defensively, he was better than KD as well. Like I mentioned, he was a 12-time All-NBA defensive team. So, yeah, uh, like I said, we're we're picking hairs here, man. And we, we even seen the playoff series where sometimes Kevin Durant got the best of Kobe. It's just perfectly fine once you're uh, at that level of greatness. You know, some guys got it, some nights, some don't. So to me, uh, the fact that Kobe is more of a leader, he stayed in L.A. longer, and uh, defensively were the, the three factors that put him over Kevin Durant. I don't think anyone's really arguing that. I, I think a lot of people didn't have Kevin Durant at their five anyways. Uh, I've also heard Tim Duncan was better than Kobe uh, arguments, which... Um, I mean, I, I listen to him, man, but there's not much traction going on once they get going because you can't talk me out of that one. Uh, the guys coming up next, I, I'm going to hear you, but uh, not that one or definitely not Kevin Durant either. So RIP to the Mamba, man. Sad times in January. Hopefully this year gets better. Uh, probably not. It gets worse every damn month. But Kobe checked in at number four, so let's get to number three. Number three. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 24.6 points per game, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 6-time NBA champion, 2-time finals MVP, 6-time NBA MVP, all-time NBA leader in points. Alright, so yeah, you heard Joanna checking in. At number 3 is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Mr. Skyhook himself. I know I said earlier that... Tim Duncan might be the most disrespected player ever in the NBA, but I'm going to change my answer to Kareem on this one because when it comes to talking about the GOATs, go out and ask somebody randomly on the street or an NBA fan who their GOATs are, and I guarantee you they would not bring Kareem up unless it's like an older guy, but um, he, just, just, he doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think so, with his uh, where he ranks. With that said, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, positives of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. First thing up, obviously, he's the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. There it is right there. This is why he should be considered in the go-talk. He scored more points than anybody. Along with that, he was top 20 in field goal percentage. So not only is he the top scorer of all time, he is also one of the more efficient players of all time. How did he score that many points? It's because he had the most unstoppable move of all time, the sky hook. We all remember playing those games with your dad. Uh, if you didn't have a dad, too damn bad. Uh, we all remember those times where you're playing against somebody and uh, they kind of trash talk you and say, hey, I'm going to do this and uh, there's nothing you could do to stop me. Kareem was doing this to people in the NBA. So the sky hook, imagine a 7-2 NBA player with a 7-5 wingspan and could also jump would just go ahead and put the ball in his shooting hand and his uh, shooting shoulder would block you out while that big-ass arm is going in the air and jumping, casually laying it in there. It it kind of kills me how a lot of centers aren't trying this nowadays. It's almost, it looks a little silly if you go back and look at it. I think that's what it is. I think that's why a lot of NBA players that struggle with free throws don't do the underhand anymore either. I don't understand why some centers don't try to put this into their game, and I'm sure some players may do it like every now and then. The way it was just so unstoppable back then, I'm really surprised I don't see it too often. But 
Uh, I know I said Kevin Durant is probably the most unguardable person on this list. Uh, Kareem, definitely, you have a debate there because obviously he scored more points than anybody. But uh, he had the go-to move where you literally knew as a defender what was coming and you could not do anything about it. On the opposite end of the court, playing defense, he ranks third all-time in blocks. And he was also 11-time all-defensive team. So the dude did everything, man. Uh, Kareem, like I said, doesn't get talked about enough. The dude was just a straight winner. Uh, you heard Joanna. He won six MVPs. That's the most MVPs anybody's ever won in NBA history. Michael Jordan is second with five. He has the most all-star selections of all time with 19. Another alarming stat from his career, which I didn't factor too much, but I just thought it was it just showed his dominance. Four state championships in four high school years, three national championships, and three NCAA years. And of course, he has these six rings as well in the NBA. So the dude won everywhere he went. He got the NCAA to change the damn dunking rule while he was in college because he was too dominant. They couldn't be stopped. So the only player on this list that actually had a rule changed because of him. And uh, Kareem, man, like I said, he is disrespected. Going into the negatives, obviously the big glaring hole is the era he came up in. He started off, he got drafted in 1969. So, you know, it's, it's that later era. If I'm going to bring it up with Will, if I'm going to bring it up with Bill Russell, I'm definitely going to bring it up here with Kareem. He played against some mailmen in his time. I'm, I'm not going to ignore that whatsoever. But with that said, I think with his body type and the way he played the game, I think he would really transfer over into today's game just as well. Would he be as dominant as he was? I, I honestly would not know. I think that hook shot was just that unstoppable with his length and his athleticism. But uh, I think he had the body type that he could easily transfer over in today's NBA, which is why I didn't take too much of a negative off it. It was Wilt. You see a lot of Wilt back in the day. He was just dunking on everybody. It was just more athletic. Same thing with Bill Russell um, with the footage that we do have of them, you know, because uh, there's only select things out there. But we uh, we seen all of Kareem on film, basically. Dude has serious skill for his size. He is going to be the only true center on my list. Kareem, why did he make it over Kobe Bryant at number three instead of four? He has more rings. He has more MVPs. He has more points. He was better defensively. And most of all, I he came off as a better teammate. Obviously, I didn't play with any of these guys. I would not know. But from what you see, from what you hear, he was never you know caught a ball hog. Um, he was more efficient than Kobe when it came to scoring as well. I think uh, his ability to play with Magic, Magic is pass first, but uh, he played off Magic very well. I know some people are probably going to think that's a negative too, that he got most of his rings with Magic Johnson, but I think that just shows his ability to adapt to another star player, which is something that we've seen him with Kobe in his earlier years in regards to playing with Shaq, but uh, in his later years, Paul Gasol came along, but uh, Kobe still got that rap as being the dominant player on his team and was like i said earlier considered a ball hog and then towards the, after the gasol years it was kind of hard to bring in another star to play with kobe i don't think anybody anybody was going to have that problem with kareem at all so i get it the era he played in was considered the mailman slave owner era but his dominance just go, can't be overlooked whatsoever the fact that he has more mvps than anybody he has more all-star selections than anybody and he 
outscored everybody in the NBA. On top of that being one of the best defenders of all time, you just can't ignore Kareem's greatness. And that's really my short entry for Kareem. Uh, I think the numbers speak for themselves. I think the rankings speak for themselves. I know he also wasn't the most flashy player ever. Uh, kind of doing the same move every game. It worked, so fuck it, why not? But Kareem, his overall dominance is what got him at number three, no matter what era he played in. Plus, I also think that his skills could have translated to this NBA. So that's exactly why I have him at three. And let's just go ahead and shoot over to number two. Number two, Dion Wade. Ah, damn, we're out of time. Come back next week where Mises reveals slots one and two on his NBA all-time list. Make sure to hit the sub button on the way out to stay up to date. Peace out, Jits.